Wow. Welcome in, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Happy Friday. You never want to miss a Friday show. Oh, tonight we got a great show. Yeah. Oh, man, we're going to talk so much Packers. This Detroit game, I'm dialed in, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to nail every little detail, every little prediction, every little angle. No guests. No guests. It's just you and me. Yes, yes. Lots of phone calls. Lots of interaction. Oh, a lot of great takes. I am uh, I am beyond excited. I'm excited for Packers-Lions. I'm excited for tonight's show. And it's been a crazy week. A lot of news this week. Yeah, a ton of news, a lot of different stories in the headlines. Like Elon Musk. Elon Musk has got everyone bent out of shape. He announced this week that the platform would begin charging $8 a month to verified members if they wanted to keep their blue check mark. Yeah, I'm not verified. I don't think most of you are. No big deal to me. Elon Musk explained on Tuesday that he will give Twitter an extra revenue stream uh, by doing this, which I guess makes sense. The most concerning part of this story, however, is that the Brewers got wind of this, and they have since announced that concessions next season will begin charging $1.99 per bun uh, starting in, tw- in 2023. Not good. Yeah. Us Brewers fans have been skating by with three buns for far too long. We've been, been getting away with it. In uh, hip-hop music news, Drake dropped a new album last night. Yeah, we got new Drake. Yeah. A lot of 21 Savage on there. Little Travis Scott's called Her Loss. It's very good. Now, my favorite part of this album so far, in an interview with Howard Stern, Drake revealed that 21 Savage is an avid reader, loves reading books, enjoys Charlotte's Web, enjoys Harry Potter. Those are great selections. Now, Packers players, in hearing this, many of them rap music fans themselves, prepared for the album drop this week by sharing their favorite books uh, with reporters, what they love to read. Aaron Rodgers, of course. Uh, Loving Atlas Shrugged in 1985. Matt LaFleur, a little odd, but I guess on brand, likes Eat, Pray, Love. When asked about his favorite book, Joe Barry just offered a confused look and admitted to reporters what we've all thought all along. He cannot read. Uh, Not great. Uh, Joe Barry, Joe Barry's got to work on his favorite book. Got to learn the alphabet first. And lastly, in a very serious and important bit of news, uh, the election is coming up next Tuesday. Election it, yes. Get out and vote. Make sure to make a plan. Learn the candidates. Learn the issues. If you haven't already, get out and vote. Maybe some of you voted early, casting your ballots through the mail, uh, some other form of early voting. I will be taking the same approach to this election that Matt LaFleur takes to his offensive line. I will not learn about any of the candidates or cast my vote until about 90 minutes before the polls close. All right, we got a great show. Let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I feel great about this Packers Lions game. I feel great about this game. I don't know how, I don't know why. <laughs> Seems last four in a row. That I feel really confident about the Packers' chances in Detroit on Sunday. We're going to talk a lot about that tonight. I have some bits of evidence, some statistics, I think, to properly highlight this Packers' offense, what they're good at, uh, which isn't a lot right now. We can highlight what they're poor at, which is a good many things, but then we can take that data and say, okay, knowing this, now we can do what? 
right? Now that we know this about the offense, now that we know this about the offense, what, what do we do with that? And we hope, we hope, we hope the Packers coaches and players are doing the same. So I'm very confident about Packers lines. We're going to talk plenty about that tonight. We're going to hear a little bit from Aaron Jones because I just think we need some optimism. We need some positivity and Aaron Jones is always good for that. So we're going to do that at some point before six o'clock as well. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an outstanding Friday. I'm glad you're here. If you want to text and call the show, love to have you. 608-796-2558. Just give me a text or a call. And I am on Twitter. Always you can reach me on Twitter, not just during the show, but anytime, uh, morning or night. And I will engage with you and I will probably fight you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I actually want to start with baseball. I want to start with the World Series. Game five last night. Pivotal game fives are the best. All right, when a series is tied 2-2, a game five is better than anything in sports. And you might say, well, a game seven is better. Nah, I don't think that it is. Players are often tight in game sevens. It's not typically good basketball or good baseball or good hockey, right? If we want to include hockey, obviously, a seven-game series as well in the playoffs. Stanley Cup. I think pivotal game fives are better because they're weighty. The stakes are high. Right? Going up 3-2 in a series, that's a massive advantage. But it's not definitive, right? The Phillies could come back and win the series, and it wouldn't be unbelievable. wouldn't be unheard of. Obviously, you could see the Astros going on to win. They certainly have the advantage, which is why the game was important, but it's not definitive. And with the game seven, yeah, it's, everything is on the line. But then once the game is over, the series is over. We still have, hopefully, a couple of more great baseball games before the 2022 season is done. Our friend Ben Kenny, who is a Phillies fan, is down bad today. Worst he's ever been, apparently. He told me this morning, you feel for the guy. I saw on the Bill Michaels show this afternoon, they were talking about the worst, most painful sports losses ever. I think it's got to be the Badgers in 2015 in the national championship game just because of the stakes, right? I don't know that any of us really hang our Wisconsin sports fandom on Wisconsin basketball. Not that we're not fans, but I, I don't think any of us would list Wisconsin basketball as number one. I shouldn't say none of us. Some of you do. But I think the Packers, the Brewers, the Bucks, they're all up there high somewhere. And then when the Badgers are good, they're in the, right? Like Badger basketball is not my team, not my number one team, but there's a certain weight in that moment. Decker and Kaminsky are moving on after the year. You're probably not getting back to a national championship game. Like with Rodgers and Favre, we thought we'd get back to more Super Bowls. I did not feel that way with Bo Ryan and Duye Dukin. People forget about Duye Dukin. Good player. Went on to spend a little time in the NBA, too. People forget about him. Oh, Bronson Koenig just coming into his own. That game and that loss felt so definitive because you knew they weren't getting back. And it was Duke and screw Duke and screw Grayson Allen, except now he plays for the Bucks. So I love him. So that loss is up there, but I think it's the 2014 NFC Championship game. So according to Ben Kenny, last night was his 2014 NFC Championship game. And you feel for the guy. Luckily, his Eagles won last night. I'm kidding. No one cared about that game. Another great NFL game. Yeah. They're just, man, they're blowing the roof off every Thursday night this year. Wow, what a season. Wow, just great games. Competitive. Yeah, great matchups. Yeah, another, another great one last night. But I was watching the World Series, and I really miss the Brewers. I miss watching them every night. I miss talking about them with you every day. I miss tweeting back and forth. I miss the way they smell. I miss the way their hair glimmers in the sunshine. No, I'm I'm kidding. But I do miss them. I miss being miserable together. I miss complaining together. I miss riding the highs and lows together. I can't watch the Phillies and the Astros without thinking of the Brewers. It's like an ex-girlfriend. It's ridiculous. I was watching the World Series last night with some friends at my favorite bar, right? And I'm watching these these two teams go back and forth. And I'm like, oh, I remember watching the Brewers. And, you know, in this moment, 
in this same bar a couple of months ago, and they walked off the game, looked great. And I remember when Craig Council got that big win. And I remember, I was even thinking back to last year. Like, I remember watching Travis Shaw walk off the Dodgers. Remember when Billy McKinney had that moment, or when Rowdy Tellez had six RBIs in one game, or 10 home runs in a week, or something ridiculous like that. Obviously, he didn't hit 10 in a week, but you get my point. I can't watch this series. I can't watch the Astros and the Phillies without thinking about the Brewers. Right? That catch last night by Chaz McCormick in the outfield that basically did the game in. All I thought of was Chris Taylor. And and the flashbacks, the dramatic flashbacks to that catch against the Dodgers in Game 7 in the NLCS at what was then Miller Park. And then Jeremy Pena last night, and really for the whole playoffs, he stepped in to replace Carlos Correa. He had three hits last night. He looked like a young Orlando RC out there. Just a playoff powerhouse with the bat in his hand. And then Gene Segura, of course, former Brewer, had two hits in an RBI. It's all Brewers everywhere. As far as the eye can see, everything the light touches, it's the damned Brewers. All right, Mark Atanasio and I had a live chat that came out today with Brian Anderson. I got that. I, I can't escape it. The Brewers account uh, on Twitter today tweeting out, was it George Strait and Chris Stapleton coming to American Family Field next summer? I, they were like, check yes and get your tickets. I'm angry at you, but if you're going to use country music puns, you're you're earning me back little by little. Like, I'll, I'll get there. Check yes or no. I'll check yes and get tickets. It's fine. I'm not going to go, but I Appreciate the promotion. That's all I can think about when I watch the World Series is the Brewers. So good luck to Ben Kenny's Phillies. Uh, some of you were cheering for the Astros. I see you on Twitter. I don't really know why because I thought they did the whole cheating thing. And I guess everyone cares that Dusty Baker gets a ring now. I don't know what everyone became Dusty Baker fans. I'm not anti-Dusty Baker, but this seems like a weird hill to plant your flag. Let's talk about Packers-Lions on Sunday. Uh, move on. No, I don't want to talk about, surprisingly, the World Series for the entire show, but... I did want to mention that. Let's talk Packers Lions. All right, let's shift to this. You know what's interesting? Let's shift to this. I'll take the Packers on Sunday. I'll take them confidently. I don't know what the spread is. I, I'm not I'm not betting them to cover, betting that. I'm just saying, I will take them to win this game confidently. This is the best I've felt about the Packers in a couple of weeks. I was driving to work this morning, and I need to stop a quick trip, pick up a couple of things, uh, most notably a Pedialyte, because I had a little bit of a night last night. Whatever. Rehydrate myself. Treat my body right. I was listening to Bill, who was talking, interestingly enough, about also being a quick trip. It's all the Brewers, and it's all quick trip. It's just That's the whole world. Everything comes back to quick trip, and it comes back to the Brewers. I was listening to Bill, who was talking about quick trip, and then got Dan Miller on, who does play-by-play for the Detroit Lions. And if you're like me and you've listened to Bill for any length of time, you know that they've you know, they've always had a nice back and forth. Anytime the Packers play the Lions, or I remember they would you know used to do the NFC North preview before the season starts. Dan's always good for a great conversation, and Dan is just singing the praises of Aaron Rodgers. He said, there's very few guys in the league I have more respect, I have more fear, I I have more, like, just reverence for what this guy has done over the years, what he's done with great wide receivers, what he's done with lackluster defenses, what he's done with no-name wide receivers, just any situation in any team in any period of time over the last 12 years. As long as Dan Miller's been calling Lions games and watching Aaron Rodgers, he just can't say enough good about him. And I think... I needed to hear that reminder. Because as Packers fans, we're so insulated. We're fighting amongst ourselves. Ah, Matt LaFleur sucks. Aaron Rodgers, he, he's mean to his wide receiver. And he come to OTAs. Let me explain this in the style of, of Colin Cowherd, who I love, our patron saint, right? In the shuffle of the season, and everything that we've talked about so far, disappointing defense, the young wide receivers, we've lost ourselves. Sure, You know, Aaron Rodgers' body language isn't great. Maybe he's a little passive-aggressive. Maybe he didn't come to OTAs. Boo-hoo, okay? Do you think... (laughs) I'm trying to think of Colin Cowherd 
analogies. Do you think, here's a good one. Do you think Rupert Murdoch built his media empire and his fortune by being nice? <laughs> That's something Coward would say. Do you, do you think Netflix put Blockbuster under because they had good body language? No, of course not. Rupert Murdoch is a ruthless businessman. I actually don't know much about him, but I assume that he is. Netflix had good business strategies. It wasn't about body language. It wasn't about being nice. It wasn't about coming to OTAs. It was about being a better business than everyone else, right? And beating everyone to the punch when it came to streaming. Last time I checked, okay, Aaron Rodgers is still the quarterback of this team. Forget all the annoying things that he tends to do. Oh, rolled his eyes. Oh, God forbid. I've rolled my eyes a hundred times today, I bet. Oh, he didn't come to OTAs. Do you enjoy working on Saturday? Did, did, did you go up to your boss today before leaving work and say, hey, uh, do you need anyone tomorrow? Because I, I tell you what, I'd relish the opportunity to get better and improve the company. No, you didn't do that. Now, would I like Aaron Rodgers coming to OTAs? Yeah, but I, I get why he doesn't. Would I like him to not roll his eyes on the field? Sure. But who amongst us hasn't had a good eye roll? Today or this week at work, and we all roll our eyes. Let let he, without sin, cast the first stone. Okay, oh, he's passive-aggressive. Well, at least he's not Kyrie Irving, okay? Yeah, we haven't talked much about that this week. We're not touching that, that combustible bag of chips. I think sometimes Packers fans, when we debate amongst ourselves and the Packers are losing and we're angry and we're upset, and, oh, Goody didn't get Chase Claypool. I think we lose in the sauce a little bit that Aaron Rodgers is that guy right now Aaron Rodgers is not Josh Allen he's not Mahomes he might not even be Jalen Hurts and that Jalen Hurts doesn't cost very much and he can scramble which means he can escape from plays that aren't working and he has a better team around him Aaron Rodgers is not those guys but folks do you really think that Aaron Rodgers is going to go to Detroit and lose to the one in six Lions and Jared Goff or one in seven or whatever the Lions record is I don't even care Do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to go to Detroit and lose to Jared Goff? If you do, then bet the Lions. Good for good for you. Be confident. Put a little money on it. I'll take Aaron Rodgers. I'll take the Packers. If the Packers lose this game and Aaron Rodgers loses this game, then it's a problem, and we've talked about that. But driving around in my car today and listening to Bill and and listening to Dan Miller, who's covered the Lions forever and seen Aaron Rodgers, and say, man, there's very few guys I have more respect for than that guy, Aaron Rodgers, right there what that guy can do on a football field. He's not playing like an MVP this year. Certainly doesn't have a great cast of weapons around him. The defense hasn't been up to stuff, but folks, folks, it's Jared Goff, okay? Now, these words could obviously come back to haunt me if they lose to Jared Goff, but then we'll deal with that next week. Aaron Rodgers has got this, okay? And have I been public supporter number one of Aaron Rodgers over the last two years? I'd say no, no, probably not. But I think in arguing about what's wrong with the Packers and should they make a deal at the deadline and why didn't they draft a wide receiver here and why does Joe Barry just refuse to coordinate a good defense? All these conversations we've lost. Hey, Aaron Rodgers is pretty good at football. Gotten pretty used to good quarterback play. Maybe you've taken it for granted. Don't take it for granted in thinking about this game in predicting this game. It's Aaron Rodgers versus Jared Goff. This Packers team might have a lot of issues, but they have an opportunity to take a huge step in the right direction and get a win for the first time in a month. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get after it, and I think Matt LaFleur will too. Packers, I'll take them over the Lions. Circle it. Write it in pen. Print the shirts. Packers, I don't know what shirt that would be. Packers win in Detroit. I don't know what. Put that on a shirt. I don't know if we'd sell a lot of shirts, but 
But I'm saying, I believe it. I'm confident in it. I have conviction here. 608-796-2558. We'll take a three-minute break. Come back. Talk more about, I just feel great. I feel good. I feel confident about the Packers, and I like it. It's a Fins Up Friday. We're going to listen to some Buffett. We're going to take some calls. We're going to have some fun. Talk Packers lines. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Happy Friday. Hope you're having an awesome start to your weekend. Fins up, by the way. It is Friday. It is a fins up Friday. I do feel Jimmy Buffett, especially in the studio tonight. I feel God in this chilies. I feel Buffett in the studio. You can text and call the show 608-796-2558. And you can tweet me at Wisco Grant. If you're just jumping in here, I feel good about the Packers on Sunday. I think in all of our squabbling and all the little arguments we have within Packers fandom about all the same things. We replay these arguments every year. Should the Packers make a trade? And then when obviously they don't, we get mad about how that screws over the team and they're not doing enough and you're not getting Aaron Rodgers any help. And then one part of the fan base is like, but they're paying Rodgers so much. How could you expect him to put talent around him? And then there's part of the fan base that said, well, the defense sucks, right? If, they, if, if his defense could just be better, the team would... We just do this every year. And I think it's in these arguments, in these little back and forths, in our own insulated little Packers fan world that we forget that our quarterback is pretty darn good. Even at age 38, soon to be 39, still can sling the pill. Still made some really good throws last week in Buffalo. Really good throws. He's still way better than Jared Goff. Still way better than most guys. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Mahomes, but that wasn't the expectation coming into the year. Or did any did any of you think that Aaron Rodgers was Mahomes or Josh Allen? No, he's a little below, but he's old. But he does have experience. If you, I think I said yesterday with Mike Clemens, if you learn more in failure than you do in success, well, then Aaron Rodgers should be the best playoff-educated quarterback there is. And I say that endearingly because not every loss has been his fault. Most of them haven't been. 608-796-2558. Cornucopia Roller. What's up, Cornucopia? What's Cornucopia? I'm just going to use your full name. What's up, Cornucopia? Call me whatever you want, but... uh... I had to call in. Originally, I wasn't able to make the Friday show, change my plans around, because you never miss a Friday show yes. on the Wisco Sports Show. You just don't. You and don't do it. Uh, I heard the calling signal of, you know, mentioning Duye Dukin, you know, <laughs> Cowherd talking about Netflix. I mean, you're hitting all the all the spots today. Yeah. Duye Dukin. God, I loved that guy. Showalter. And I, I just stand Bronson Koenig. I love that guy, but people forget. No, people, I think Duye Dukin, I, I don't think he got drafted, but he like he made the jump to the NBA too. I'm going to pull up his Wikipedia. Not that it matters, but we're talking about it. So he's in Croatia. Now. I think he has. Th- I, th- I think he has three career NBA points for the Kings. I mean, one, is that, one three pointer. Is that more than? Well, it, that's because he drafted by the Kings. The Kings ruined him. Does he have more points than Johnny Davis? Has Johnny Davis scored yet? He has, but he's not looking good and. There's a lot of conversation that he's he's in bust territory. There's a lot of chatter. The minute the minute he was drafted. There's so much chatter. Okay, so he went undrafted in 2015. He joined the Sacramento Kings for the Summer League, and then they signed him. Made his professional debut in Reno. Okay, nice player. He he definitely cashed in on the success of that Badgers team, but 
That's what he did. Sam Decker totally did too. Those guys were smart, but yeah. Did you have Duye Duke on your bingo card today for Wisconsin Sports Radio? I don't think so. That's what you get on this show. He had a money jump shot, though, kind of a similar uh, Ray Allen kind of release. <laughs> that's I remember that. Yeah, that's what Matt LaPay always said. It's like he's basically Ray Allen, you know, Ray Allen yeah. light. That's I remember. Yep. Clear as day. <laughs> Mike Lucas. Yep, exactly. Uh, did you see the Badger basketball team's new jerseys? I was just talking about these 10 minutes ago uh, with two buddies in a group chat. And my buddy said that these stink out loud. And I'm like, oh, OK, that's what? That's a little harsh. I love the the gold piping against a dark background. Like the Minnesota Twins, one of their, I think it's their dark blue jerseys have that gold piping around the numbers, and I think it's awesome. So these jerseys kind of have that going on. I I also just struggle with Under Armour. Like I just don't think Under Armour is cool. So they're up against it for me in that regard, but I like them other than that. Yeah, good to see them mix it up from just like, you know, the traditional white and, and red. You think football will do a blackout jersey now? I saw, I think it was Braylon Allen talking about it. I mean, you you are a Madison man, correct? You went to UW? Yep, and when you were saying that there's not a lot of people that have Badger basketball as their number one, yeah, was that bad? It's, it's up there for me with <laughs> yeah. Packer football. Yeah, I was going to say, so. I, I did not go to Madison. I didn't grow up in Madison, so I, I, I tried to walk that back a little bit. I'm like, well, I don't want to speak for everyone, but um, I think for a lot of the state, they're not up there with the Packers, but if you go there, right, it's, it's totally different. If you live there, you know, you're just, you're a lot closer to the team. You feel the Packers win on Sunday. I'm feeling confident. I'm all in. I'm riding with Aaron Rodgers this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I'm all in too. I mean, it's the Lions for, for Pete's sake. We're, we're not a poverty franchise as much as people want us, you know, kicking us down this, this year. But if we can't go in and beat the Lions, then we have, huge, huge organizational statewide issues. Statewide. From border to border, we have issues. It's not just on the Packers. It's on all of us. From the lakefront to the riverfront, as Bill Michaels says. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) You have any plans this weekend? I think they rolled by... What was that? They rolled by 20. I I bet they rolled by three scores. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, Yeah, brother and his wife are coming into Phoenix, just uh, getting them from the airport here in the next hour or so. Nice. My sister just flew out of Phoenix. She was down there visiting my grandma, so she FaceTimed me from the airport today because she was bored. I'm like, yeah, I'm at work, but yeah, I'll talk for a few minutes. Great airport, Sky Harbor Airport. Not that we need to get into that. Love that airport. Maybe we could The baggage claim takes a little long. It does, and it's a little in the basement, not the best vibes. Although, maybe for... What I like to do throughout the year is write down ideas for the All-Star break. Maybe we could do an air... uh, Mount Rushmore of airports next summer. I'm going to write that down. That would be fun. I like that. All right, just an idea. As far down on the list as possible. (laughs) All right. We can ponder that. We have some time. Thanks, Cornucopia. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Grant. You too. Cornucopia Roller on Twitter. And I had uh, one listener, uh, Jeremy and Scani, all-time P1 at Yelwad on Twitter, DM me yesterday. And he's like, can you send me Cone's handle? I don't know if you wanted to follow Corn or like what. But if for whatever reason you're on Twitter, and you want to find other show callers, participants on Twitter, and you can't find them, just DM me or tweet me at Wisco Grant. I'll help get you connected. Because um, we want to have a community, right? It's not just on the phones. It's not just on the show. right? We want to do this online, too. If you're not on Twitter, stay away, because it's going to hell in a handbasket pretty soon. and It's a hellscape, and I waste too much time on it. I'm riding with Aaron Rodgers this weekend, right? I think people are starting to write him off. I think people are writing the Packers off. I think they were writing them off last week. However, they went into Buffalo, and it didn't really matter because the Bills were awesome. They're going into Detroit, 
And as Paul Allen once famously said, this isn't Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Well, I will paraphrase Paul Allen and say, this is not Buffalo, man. This is Detroit. So I will take our four-time MVP quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, and a team that I think is trending in the right direction. Not an all-star team, not a great team, not a contending team. Not yet. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just blind. Maybe I'm talking myself into it. Uh, they'll handle the Lions. Please and thank you. This isn't Josh Allen or Mahomes or Hurts we're talking about. This is Jared bleeping Goff. I'll take Aaron Rodgers and I'll ride with him. And if we lose this weekend, then I'll deal with it and what comes next on Monday. But I'm going to live in blissful ignorance and confidence about the Lions for a couple of days while I can. Uh, let's go back to the phones. 608-796-2558. Appreciate the calls and texts. Looking forward to it. That's why we don't have any guests tonight. It's going to be fun. We're going to have plenty of time to chat. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Bill. Bill, what's going on today, Bill? Uh, Bill, uh, is there a football game on uh, radio tonight? Oh, yes, there is. I assume you're asking about WKTY's high school That is correct. Yeah, we're going to be carrying Colby at Aquinas, which is Division 5. Okay, good deal. Thank you very much for your help. You have an excellent weekend. Enjoy the game. I recognize that number, uh, and Bill tends to call on Friday nights, and I'm like, I I bet he's going to ask about the game. But, yep, it's going to be – it's going to be Colby at Aquinas, which is Division 5, Level 3. Yes, I'm 99% sure that's correct. Hopefully there's not some Aquinas parents yelling in the car right now about how I got that wrong, but I'm 99% sure. Thank you for the call, Bill. 608 Let's take one more call before we go to break. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Shep. Shep, what's going on, Shep? Hey, um, just looking for a great weekend and... Uh... Yeah, like uh, you uh, said, you know, hopefully we can uh, pull out a win in uh, Detroit. I I do take issue with uh, some of the things you said. I mean, as far as Aaron Rodgers not attending OTAs, and, you know, you're right. No one likes to work on Saturdays, but the dude's getting paid a boatload of money to work on that Saturday. This is true. This and, is true. And sports aren't real life. Like sometimes, you know, we compare sports to real life, and it, it doesn't really apply. I think this year, especially with the young guys, like, I don't know. I, I got my hopes up a little bit this summer that they were really gonna they're gonna hit it off. They're gonna become fast friends. You know, maybe Rogers would have him out to his place in California, play some golf together, but just never really worked out that way, Shep. You know, Aaron Rodgers, great quarterback, no doubt, and no one can question his skills. The thing sometimes that I think people question is, you know, just his his leadership. Again, no one's in the locker room, so you don't know for sure, but just things that you hear. Yeah, and. You know, this summer, if he had, uh, like you said, just uh, grab those young receivers and just, you know, hey, just let's let's do this. Let's get on the same page, and then at least right now, it wouldn't it wouldn't appear because these things were happening out of a lack of effort on his part. Yeah. Um, now it just kind of looks like there's more than one or two things wrong with this team, and yeah, you come on, you should be able to. Definitely, you should be able to beat the uh, the Lions, but the fact that you didn't beat the Jets and didn't beat the Giants and Commanders, you know, yeah. That, uh, so again, please. How do we lose Chef? Uh, you might you might have your bet a little bit too. Uh, could you say that closing statement one more time? I think you cut out for a sec. 
I said, yeah, you, you, you might want to bet on him, but then you might also want to hedge that bet a little bit. Yeah, well, that's that's what I'm thinking about. It's like, man, if I'm going to be confident for these two hours, I'm going to get uh, I'm going to get dragged on Monday. But that's fine. I'll deal with Monday when it comes. Have an awesome weekend, Shep. You too. Yeah, thanks for the call. I don't think Shep has called before, unless I'm forgetting. Excellent first call. And look, real life, working Saturdays and coming to OTAs, not exactly the same thing. My overarching point not getting bogged down in the OTAs or getting bogged down in the eye rolling or this and that. Aaron Rodgers is very good, despite the ways in which he sometimes annoys us. He is very good, and I think we forget about that because we're always arguing about a million things. We're insulated in a little Packers world, and the rest of the world is like, hey, you guys have Aaron Rodgers. Like, maybe we calm down a little bit. Like, you got a pretty good quarterback still. Right? We forget that. Now, against Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, I'm not riding with Aaron Rodgers solely because he's Aaron Rodgers. But against Jared Goff, oh, yeah, I'll take that bet. I'll take that bet nine times out of ten. Hey, hey, ten times out of ten. And twice on Sunday. I just combined two turns of phrase there. 608-796-2558. Send me a text if you want to chat during the break. Uh, We'll open up the phones in a couple minutes when we get back. I have some statistics about the Packers' offense. Specifically, some trends on first and second down. And I think if we understand these trends, understand these stats, then we can better adjust our expectations for the offense moving forward, what we should see and what we shouldn't see. We'll do that coming up next. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills, and I appreciate you tuning in and being a part of the show. It means a lot to me. Thank you. Remember, if you miss any of the show, you can always check out the podcast. Just look at Wisco Sports Show in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows is the way that people say it. Just look up Wisco Sports Show. In Madison this evening, we are not on. We're not on in the zone uh, because they're doing the Badgers show. So maybe some of you are, well, I was going to say, maybe some of you are listening to the Badgers show. You can catch up on this show. I check it out the podcast, but if you're listening to the Badger Show, you're not hearing what I'm saying right now unless you found the podcast. And if you're listening on the podcast, this message is uh, meaningless. So from a hosting perspective, I, I didn't really think this one through. You know what? Uh, let's just let's just rewind two minutes. Let's hold on. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Back from the break, the only break, the only time we're coming back from the break. Certainly didn't do this once already. My name is Grant Bills, and I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can text and call the show, 608-796-2558. And the show's also a podcast, so if you miss any of it, just look up Wisco Sports Show wherever you get your podcasts. There. Second time's a charm. If we did it a third time, just imagine how good it would be. (laughs) We're talking... Packers-Lions, they played Detroit noon on Sunday, and I feel good. I feel great. Now, I don't know what the spread is. I haven't even looked. This is not betting advice. This is this is not a, a prognostication or a prediction. I'm just giving you a vibe check. I'm giving you how I feel. I feel very good about this game. And it stems back to a conversation that I listened to on my radio driving into work today, the Bill Michaels Show. He was talking with Dan Miller, who does play-by-play for the Lions, and he was talking about Rodgers and how the Packers have looked so far. And basically, Dan said... Look, there's very few quarterbacks in this league I respect more than Rodgers. Very few players in this league who have played as well as he has played for as long as he has played well. I just don't count that guy out. And I said, you know what? 
Maybe I just needed to hear it from someone outside of the Packers fan base. Because we, we're in a little bubble, you know. We live in a bubble. We talk about Packers football with other Packers fans. We talk about Aaron Rodgers with other people who've watched Aaron Rodgers for a million years, right? We're very insulated. We're in our own little bubble, right? We don't know the the proverbial price of a gallon of milk for a Bears fan or a Lions fan, right? We don't, we don't know what the perspective of some of these other fan bases are. And I think maybe sometimes that perspective is really helpful. And I thought Bill had a good conversation with Dan and that, you know, I... I was reminded a little bit that Aaron Rodgers is still really good. He might not be Mahomes. He might not be Allen. He might not be Hurts and that he's on a rookie deal and that he's mobile. But Rodgers is still really good. And I'm not about to pick against Aaron Rodgers in a game where the opposing quarterback is Jared Goff. That doesn't seem like good business sense. I think Rodgers is going to come to play because I think the team was counted out last week. The people were talking down about the Packers last week. They were disrespected last week, and I think that motivated the team, but I don't think it mattered because they were going into Buffalo. Now people are disrespecting the Packers. Now people are down on the Packers, but there's a winnable game on Sunday in Detroit, and I think the Packers are going to jump at that. So I'm feeling confident, and I'm feeling confident because of Aaron Rodgers. Something that Aaron Rodgers has talked about frequently throughout the season, heard it a million times, mental mistakes. We make too many mental mistakes. And throughout the season, I'm like, what does that even mean? Mental mistakes. What does that mean? Does it running the wrong route? Is that a mental mistake? Or is that, is that a scheme mistake? Like, why does he always say mental mistakes? Right in the past, I've rolled my eyes and I've heard that. But today I was thinking about mental mistakes, mental mistakes, and how prone this team is to making mistakes, whether it be the wrong route or a penalty or a missed assignment or a Rogers missing a throw, right? Just throwing it at someone's feet or drops, a lot of drops, drops especially. Seems like there's a ton of drops this year. This team cannot afford mental mistakes. There are teams in sports that can afford to play sloppy. The Golden State Warriors have actually been really turnover prone over the last eight or nine years when they've been winning titles and winning games. Not exactly the most buttoned up team in the world. It's not like they play polished and perfect all the time. They're prone to mistakes. They're more prone to turnovers than a lot of teams in the league. But... When you have the shooting of stuff, the shooting of clay, the leadership, and, and kind of the just the edge, the effect that Draymond Green brings. Steve Kerr's been there. Obviously, having Kevin Durant on your team helps. They can afford to play a little looser, and that has advantages. That has disadvantages. When a team is playing loose, I think that leads to a little bit more fun, a little bit more energy. Maybe you get an alley-oop, which gets the crowd charged up. right? Maybe you get a three-quarter court shot or a half-court shot from Jordan Poole at the buzzer. It's loose. It's fun. The energy's high. That can also lead to some turnovers. Which are obviously negative. That's going to give the team a fast break opportunity. You're taking shots away from your own team when you turn the ball over. But the Warriors were so good that the good outweighed the bad in playing loose. The Packers are not the Warriors. (laughs) The Packers are not the Chiefs. They're not the Bills. They're not the Eagles in that they have incredible talent at wide receiver, at tight end, at offensive line, at guard, at running back, everywhere. No, they're not that team. Right? they don't have the margin for error that some teams have with mental mistakes, right? I want to share a stat with you. Something I was looking at today, Badger Noonan of Acme Packy Company shared it in one of his articles. Timo Risque, or at PFF Moo on Twitter, uh, really is always sharing some nerdy stuff. And sometimes it's a little dense, but sometimes it's fun, right? Sometimes I want to see a stat in a chart where I'm like, I need to figure this out. I need to sit down and look at the X axis, look at the Y axis, look at it like, it's good, that's forcing our brains to take in new information. Now, sometimes I give myself a headache, right? It's like uh, like if you play an instrument. Like, I know not everybody does, but it's a good analogy because if you go home and you're like, I'm going to try to learn a new song, 
Do you know how hard it is? Do you know how much harder it is to sit down and learn a new song than to just sit down and strum a song that you know really well? Like you feel it in your fingers. It's stressful. You can feel your brain like kick on like the compressor on the back of the air conditioner. Like, oh, there it is. Yep. And it's, it's hard work. So some of these stats to comprehend, especially from some of the PFF guys or analytics, it, it takes a lot. But this is a fairly self-explanatory stat. How often do NFL offenses convert on a new series of downs? Right. He calls it the moving the chains chart. And what it is, is it's a bar graph for every NFL team, and it shows the percentages in which a first down is converted. Right. So what percent of the time on first down are you converting to another first down? What percent of the time on second down are you converting to a first down? On third down, converting to a first down. Right. The Packers convert a first down on first down 18% of the time. If that seems small, it is. NFL average is 22%. The Packers at 18% are better than only the Panthers and the Cardinals. Cardinals are not exactly a a poster child for uh, schematic balance and functionality. Pretty, Pretty dysfunctional over there between Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury sometimes, right? A lot of fourth down conversions, a lot of third and longs they're picking up. And that's because Kyler is brilliant at times and DeAndre Hopkins brilliant at times. That's not because they're offensive cohesive. And the Panthers are turning a first down into a first down 70% of the time because they stink. The Packers are better than those two teams and that's it. The Packers offense is low and slow. It's a slow cooker offense. And that's okay. It doesn't prohibit them from winning games. But mental mistakes are especially toxic and especially harmful to the Packers offense because they don't create a lot of big plays. Not a lot of plays come easy to the Packers. You watch the Chiefs, you're like, man, Travis Kelsey just, he's just a license to pick up first downs. He's just a license to get open in the end zone. He's just a free pass to get explosive plays. Same with Tyreek Hill, same with Jalen, or not Jalen Brown, but A.J. Brown and, and some of the weapons the Eagles have. The Packers are not picking up a lot of explosive plays. They're going low and slow. And you can make your way down the field like that. You can do it, especially when you have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon and you know, you have a field general Aaron Rodgers that can kind of conduct things, but a penalty makes it impossible. A dropped pass makes it impossible. This Packers team, as evidenced by the statistic that I just shared and many others, this Packers team has to stay on schedule. If they get off schedule, they're toast. If they get one holding penalty, they're done. If they have a drop, they're done. Right? If somebody runs the wrong route, they're done. The drops are especially harmful because they don't pass the ball often, and when they do... Players don't get open very often, and the offensive line sometimes have issues protecting. So when everything goes properly and the guy's open and Rodgers puts it on the money and you drop it, oh, it kills this Packers team more than it would kill most teams in the NFL. So as Aaron Rodgers has talked about mental mistakes, mental mistakes hurt this Packers offense almost more than any other team in the league because they're low and slow. They don't get a lot of easy freebie yards and points, and they need to grit and grind their way down the field. One mistake kills a drive. So if I'm Matt LaFleur, I'm Aaron Rodgers, or I'm a leader on the offensive side of the ball, my mantra is execute. Execute, 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 execute. Don't do anything big and crazy and fancy, at least not right now. Let's get our footing under us and let's execute the easy stuff 100% of the time. Let's not ever have dumb penalties. Let's never have drops. Let's always run the correct route. And you know what? If we don't make any spectacular plays, if the Golden State Warriors don't hit any alley-oops, if they don't hit any half-quarters with Jordan Poole, if they don't make any spectacular plays, okay, fine. 
just execute. Just execute the easy things. And hopefully at some point this season, the big plays will come. If Christian Watson comes back healthy, that's that's an avenue to make big plays, explosive plays, right? But right now, we can't be worried about the big fancy stuff. We got to execute the bare bones, right? The ABCs of the offense, execute, execute, execute. Because this offense can't afford to make mistakes because that'll derail drives. And this Packers team just can't, it can't make up for it, right? They can't pick up second and 20s. They can't pick up third and 12s. They're just not good enough. They're not talented enough. Not good enough, at least right now. Maybe by the end of the year, hopefully by the end of the year, but not right now. 608-796-2558. couple of texts to get to. couple of tweets at Wisco Grant. We'll get to those coming up next after an update from Mike Clemens. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the Lions Sunday at noon at Ford Field. The game will be covered nationwide on Fox. With the season at the halfway mark, the Packers are going to have to rely on their younger receivers like rookie Samari Torre, who Aaron Rodgers nicknamed Captain Casual during training camp. I've seen his practice have us improve. Um, I nicknamed him uh, Captain Casual in training camp. as a way to uh, maybe encourage him to start practicing with a little different type of tempo, practicing like a pro. And I don't think he really appreciated that nickname. I mean, who would? Torre, who caught a touchdown against the Bills, spoke to reporters yesterday. I mean, once the nickname came up, you know, who would? You don't want to be known as that guy who's, you know, casual. So, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks thinking you're casual. So I'm like, all right, if that's, if that's what they think of me, you know, i got to change something. In Detroit, the Lions traded away. Tight end TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. Will that change their offense? Head coach Dan Campbell. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, certainly they'll be things that um, that um, that will do there that'll that'll revolve around the other players more than than what he was to an extent. But we're we're going to still do what we do uh, if that makes sense. Lions quarterback Jared Goff has put points on the board, but they'll definitely miss Hawkinson's size and speed. Matt Lafleur. They've got a great scheme. I think they have a lot of complementary plays. I think Jared's playing at a really high level, and they got playmakers on the perimeter. So I think you got to prepare for it much in the same light, but um, understand that he, he is a hell of a player. That's Packers head coach Matt Lafleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens. Best Packers coverage. Mike Clemens for three. Love his reports. At Mike Clemens NFL on Twitter. My name is Grant Bills. This is the Wisco Sports Show. You can find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. I'm riding with Aaron Rodgers this weekend. Feel good about the matchup against Jared Goff. Feel like we forget sometimes that Aaron Rodgers is good uh, because we spend all our time arguing about this and that. It's like, well, Aaron Rodgers is, you know, still good in this league. He's won a bunch of MVPs. He's still that man. He's maybe not Mahomes, but he's not Jared Goff. Like, come on, let's not overthink this one. I also have just been really on board with the messaging of Aaron Rodgers this week. Like everything he said about this, that, the other thing, I just I've been agreeing. It's been on the same page. I like the messaging I'm hearing. I'm, I'm liking everything. Uh, so we'll get into that. Talk about here a little bit from Aaron Rodgers, too. And not in a sense where we're complaining about what he says, because that's sometimes really the road we've gone down in the last two or three years. We've done more complaining, I think, about Aaron Rodgers press conferences than actually celebrating. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. First, let's talk to Hector in Alaska. 608-796-2558. What's up, Hector? Happy Friday, Grant. Happy Friday, Hector. What's going on? I am very much hoping Aaron Rodgers 
uh, goes out there and does what he normally does against the Lions because some bozo quit on him in fantasy, and I put in a $3 bid for him and got him to replace uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr sucks. Another sucks. tragic investment in my fantasy football. You know, I don't, I, don't get, I don't get caught up into the national media a whole lot, but I will say anybody who seriously said before the season that the Raiders were going to win the AFC West and meant it seriously should have to walk back and apologize. Like, that was the dumbest take. And it was Absolutely. obviously the dumbest take from day one. That was never going to happen. Never. And and the people talking about how or that counted the Seahawks out from the jump should uh, also do the same. Um, because those were two big bad takes from uh, this offseason. But besides that, with, see, that's the thing with uh, Rodgers that, that gives me hope is you have Derek Carr surrounded by every single weapon that you could possibly have. A top-tier wide receiver, top-tier tight end, running back, all that, and they can't do anything. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, really just wish you a good, happy weekend. Nothing too crazy going on over here. And uh, – Say go pack go go and pack Ravens, go. of course, but that's an easy win. Who do who do? Oh, your guy Darvin Ham has been great. We talked about that a little bit yesterday. Uh, who do your Ravens have this weekend? Do they play? Or are they on bye? Yeah, they play uh, Monday night football against the New Orleans Saints. Ooh, so they have they don't just have a mini bye. They have a they have a mini bye plus a day. Uh, right. What a plus, weird matchup. Plus yeah. they have they have um, decided to continue riding with Andy Dalton, and the Ravens' defense has plenty of uh, history on Andy Dalton (laughs) uh, playing when he played with the Bengals, Mr. Red Rocket himself. This is true, Hector. i got to run. Have an awesome weekend. Thanks for the call. Yeah, you have a good one, Grant. That is our guy, Hector, in Alaska. We'll come back. We can talk. You want to talk Ravens? Let's talk Ravens next on the (laughs) the Wisco Sports. We're not going to do that. But I want to talk more Packers. We're going to hear a little bit from Aaron Rodgers, a little bit from Aaron Jones as well. Wisco Sports Show back in two minutes after an update from our guy, Zach Heilfren. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. St. Paul Schmidt just DM'd me a tweet. I don't know if this is true, but it's funny, so I'm going to read it. My favorite useless fact is the guy who proposed modern daylight savings time was an entomologist from New Zealand who wanted the extra daylight to catch bugs. That's all. Is that true? Hold on, I got a link. Look it up. In 1985, George Hudson, New Zealand entomologist, thought up the modern concept of daylight savings time. He proposed a two-hour time shift so he'd have more after, after work hours of sunshine to go bug hunting in the summer, according to National Geographic. I thought it was for the farmers. Did we just make it about the farmers? Or did we just say, hey, this nerd who wants to catch bugs, like, he probably doesn't need the time, but you know who does need the time? Maybe the farmers, right? Hey, I don't mind that we're setting the clock backs this weekend because I work until 
6 o'clock, 7 o'clock anyways. And let's be real. Most of you worked at 5, a little bit after 5. So it's dark after work regardless. I'm not being robbed of a chance to go outside and do something after work. But the morning this last week, I, I can't. I, I can't do it. It's pitch black in my apartment until 9. It's still 9 in the morning. It's dark. I need the sun in the morning. I'm not getting light after work anyways. Let's just, let's... Let's light this candle. Let's do daylight savings. And shout out to a bug guy from New Zealand. I did not know that story. Thank you for educating me, St. Paul Schmidt, and sending me that on Twitter. At Wisco Grant. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I'm just so happy that you're here. It's been a fun show so far. We're going to get to some Jimmy Buffett because Finn's up. It is Friday. feel God in this studio tonight. I feel Jimmy Buffett in this studio tonight. feel God in this Chili's. Getting my references crossed. couple of texts. Uh, let's see. Jamie, Ken's Barbershop, just sends a laughing emoji. Don't know what that is in reference to. Uh, hopefully you're not laughing at me. Hopefully you're laughing with me, uh, not at me. Although if you're laughing at me, you're welcome. Thank you for the text, guys. Thank you to Hector on Alaska who gave us a call. His Ravens, I love that scouting report. Well, the Ravens got, they know plenty about Andy Dalton. They've seen him play, so they have the inside track to, <laughs> like you need an inside track. Like you need an edge, like you need an advantage to beat the tar out of the red rifle. Yeah, that game's not going to go well for, for, I just, that game's not going to go well for Andy Dalton. It's just not. I'm sick of the Saints. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the Saints. It just, I, they, they're Packer-like in that people tell me every year, especially when Breeze was there, this is going to be the year. This is the year they have the rod. This is the, and it just never is. And those teams annoy me, which is why I think a lot of fans get frustrated with the Packers. Like every year people pick them to win the Super Bowl and they haven't made a Super Bowl in 11 years now. There's something very obnoxious about that. The Utah Jazz always did that to me. It's like, oh, no, this is the year the Jazz are going to do it. No, they're not. And they just keep losing in the playoffs. I, I, It's a lot of work for me to buy into teams in general. I don't want to have to buy into a team that I know is not good. And I knew the Jazz were never going to do it. I knew the Saints were never going to do it. And I feel like other fans feel that way about the Packers when James Jones goes on NFL Network and says, I'm picking the Packers. And they're like, oh, okay. I guess it's a fun prediction, but we all know it's not going to happen. So I feel like people get worn out on the Packers. Let's talk to a Vikings fan. Maybe he agrees with this assessment. Eric on I-90, 608 What's up, Eric? Thanks for taking my call, Grant. Of course. I'll always take your call. You're the one guy I'm pretty sure who I talk to just about every day. Yeah, we probably do talk every day. Yeah. At least lately we have. Yeah, it's been nice. We're so a good wavelength. You, so you were talking about daylight savings time. Yes. There's a backstory to that. Oh. You know, I'll do my best Mike Clemens impersonation for it. <laughs> So here's a guy who wanted to catch bugs. His dad was a bug catcher before and was about 6'2", weighed about 235. Is that, is that, is that how you're going to do a Mike Clements? So here's a guy <laughs> who makes charcoal. Yeah. And he figured out, see, daylight saving time wasn't all the time. They, and it wasn't as long as it is now either. Okay. It used to be much shorter. This guy went out and lobbied lawmakers to make daylight saving time longer and to make it permanent. Now, the reason for this is that he made charcoal. Okay. And he figured out that during daylight saving time, he sold 
a lot more charcoal. Oh. Because people could drill later. So he lobbied with millions of dollars to get this through. And the guy was, it was the guy who owned King's Fruit Charcoal. So if I Google this, you're not messing with me. This is real? I'm not messing with you. This is real. And, I, and it's, uh, it was... Well, yeah. no, I was just going to say, I, I, I'm just curious because I like to get to know my callers a little bit. How did you come to know this information? Do you just, do you look up things like this? Like, how, how did you come to possess this story? I, I need to know a little of the background of how you came to know this. Totally made it up in the last minute. Damn it. That was a good story. I mean, I believed it. Do people, no, no, no. hey, no, do, heard, do people not lobby you way more money for way dumber reasons, though? Right, no, I, I did hear that at one point. I guess I don't know it's true, but it, it sure makes sense, doesn't it? It sure sounds true, Eric. And that's what matters in 2022. A good story is better than facts. No, I think they did do that uh, at one time. And, you know, it was really a lot about construction work and, and farming. You know, but it really doesn't give you more hours in the day. No. You know, it's just, right? It just, you know, it's just, but... That being said, I just had that little important to say because he brought it up, you know. It's important. It's topical. It's in the news right now. I agree. Topical. We, we've um, look, we've earned a little time to talk about fun things today. We've been talking. To, the Packers have lost four in a row, okay? We've we've done enough of them. We can mix in a little daylight savings talk today. All right. Let's do fun things. Uh, another fun thing is the Bucks. They play tonight. Yeah, right? they do. And they play again tomorrow night. Yes, they do. They play the Thunder tomorrow night. Which is awesome. Which is awesome. It, it is. So that's, if you're a little bit down on the Packers right now, do you want to participate in Wisconsin sports? And probably the greatest sports star we have, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you can enjoy this. You can enjoy this. We just win. We win. It ain't a problem. We're the best. Nobody's even close. They better win tonight really because easy. Vikings fans are feeling all high and mighty, and the Wolves have stunk this year so far. But if they beat the Bucks tonight, like no one's, it's all going to be oh, we gave the Bucks their first loss. It's going to be a whole thing. So I, I would rather the Bucks win tonight and lose to the Thunder tomorrow if they're going to lose this weekend. Right, they're going to start a little old management now, right? I just I heard that too. I didn't make that up. Well, it's, at some point, yeah, at some point somebody's going to miss a game, yeah. So I decided to throw a little mojo in on our weekend football coming up. Okay. I threw the mojo in. What is that? Um, I drafted Jerry Rice, Jerry Rice. Romeo right? Dobbs? Yes. He's Every good time game. I played him, he he sucked. <laughs> he has sucked. And I ended up dropping him. Well. Like, so I was, my thought process was this. Okay. I picked him back up because he's still laying out there. Okay. I picked him back up, and I put him in my starting lineup. And there's your dagger. Because if he's on my team, he ain't scoring. I just think that Romeo Dobbs, here's the thing about the Packers offense, and maybe we can launch this into our next conversation, Eric. There's just, you know, like fantasy football, we think of an offense as a pie. You know, the Chiefs, it's a pie or the, the Packers or the Bills, and all the skilled position players on an offense are sharing slices of the pie, right? Now, Romeo Dobbs right. is a de facto number one wide receiver. He might be getting the biggest piece of the Packers pie, but the Packers pie is not that large. 
right? Whereas uh, uh, the Bills pie, that, what a huge pie. There's so much pie to go around. The Packers don't have very much pie. Romeo Dobbs, he got a touchdown last week, and he was okay against Tampa. He has been eating the majority of the pie. The problem is the Packers haven't had a lot of pie. We need more pie as the season goes along. Right, and sometimes Aaron Rodgers throws the pie at him, and he just lets the pie fly right by. <laughs> yeah, threw his hands or off his helmet. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. So don't let the pie fly by. That could be our our mantra for the weekend. Oh. Don't let the pie fly by. Uh, don't let the pie fly by. Well, don't let the weekend pass you by, Eric. You relax. I'm sure you've earned it. You're a hard worker. You're a hardworking man. Enjoy that extra hour of sleep on Saturday. I'm sure I'll talk to you next week. Yep. Will be a good weekend, bud. Have a good one. That's our guy, Eric on I-90, who sounds like he's not on the road. There was no road noise in the background, so maybe that's Eric at home. Uh, Cornucopia Roller texts in. Remember, he lives in Arizona. He says, no daylight savings time in Arizona. Take that, conformists. Look, I it's such daylight savings is such a weird thing because there's always a couple politicians every year that's like, I'm gonna make it permanent or whatever. And it just seems like the most obvious thing ever. Like, why don't we do that? We get more daylight, which is healthier for us, which is better for us. You know, we're all vitamin D deficient. I don't mean to get on my uh, medicinal high horse here, but I, I started taking vitamin D supplements. Just one every day. I had a buddy who said, you know, I started taking these and I really feel it because you know. You, know, you don't need to meet a, read a medical book for this. You don't need to go to medical school for this. If you go outside over the course of the day and you just get 10 minutes of direct sun on your face, especially if it's not 90 degrees, you get a nice sunny five, 75 sunny day, you go outside and you just feel 10 minutes of sun, it's, it's like there's a battery inside of you that is just charged up. You just feel better. And we don't get enough of that as humans. So if you take a vitamin D supplement, I've been taking them. Maybe it's the placebo effect or maybe I don't know my own body, but I feel like it makes a difference. I'm not a big vitamin guy. I not many supplements. I'm not an herbal tea guy. Nothing like that. But I will take a vitamin D supplement. It's just better. So the daylight savings thing, I, this has turned into a contentious topic. We've now taken calls and tweets and texts about it. Thank you to St. Paul Schmidt uh, for the original tweet. I just feel like this is just such an obvious thing. How can we as a human race who are cooped up in offices all day under LED lights, how do we get just a little bit more time outside? You know, if our government was for us, you know, maybe they'd, maybe they'd vote. Maybe they'd clock in in our state assembly or whatever. I don't know if it's a state level or a federal thing. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm just happy that it's not going to be pitch black at 830 in the morning. I might be able to roll out of bed. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Text and call the show, 608-796-2558. I love Aaron Jones. He's probably the most likable guy on this team. It's not to say that other guys aren't likable, but, I mean, come on. Aaron Jones is just awesome. So I thought we'd listen to a couple of Aaron Jones comments from this week. Just raise the vibes a little bit. Raise some positivity. Hear from a really likable player. Question and answer number one. I have three. He says, did the Bills game prove that the Packers are a run-based offense and that they need to run the ball more moving forward? Uh, I mean, I feel like you you got to be able to do both, uh, run and pass. So um, we just, our big guys up front, they did a great job uh, along with the whole blocking unit and let me and AJ just kind of run free and uh I think after, you know, you keep running the ball a little while, those guys are going to get worn down and our big guys can just land on up front. Aaron Jones echoing something that Aaron Rodgers, I think, said on Sunday night. All of the press conferences and show appearances, they all start to run together. But Aaron Rodgers said on Sunday night, look, we got to be able to pass the ball down the field, too. And I know some probably 
pessimistic Packers fans or jaded Packers fans would think, well, that's just because Aaron Rodgers wants stats. You know, he wants to play hero ball and make the big play. Well, no. You, know, you watch NFL football in the year 2022, you got to be able to pass the ball down the field. That's just how the game works. The Wisconsin Badgers offense with, with Braylon Allen, I almost said Grayson Allen, with Braylon Allen is not coming into the NFL and, and winning games and having success. You need to be able to stretch a defense and spread out the defense. Otherwise, they're just going to come up and, and block you up. And yeah, even if you can run for four yards of carry, oh, three times four, that's 12. That's a first down. Yeah, until you're in the red zone and it's harder or until you have a penalty or a turnover or a little bad luck, right? Or until you fall behind and all of a sudden you don't have time to run four yards of pop. You need to be able to throw the ball down the field. Aaron Jones is aware of that. Aaron Rodgers talked about it. You got to be able to do both. So if the Packers can maintain that foundation, I think that we got a little bit of a sneak peek of the Buffalo. Right? We just see, run the ball, establish the clock, get, get control of a game that way. The Packers were dictating terms of that game in the second half on Sunday night. Now, that doesn't mean anything by itself. But if the Packers are going to win games, they need to dictate how the game is played because the Packers need to play a certain way to win. And the running game is a good way to dictate how the game is played. They need to find a way to create explosive noise, but everything in due time, explosive noise, explosive plays, excuse me. Aaron Jones continues. He was asked, how did the offense improve in Buffalo? I feel like we, we moved the ball well, uh, and uh, as we probably looked in the past two, three weeks, so, uh, you know, you just got to keep continuing to move the ball, continue to execute, and um, I think that'll help open up our passing game as well. So we've talked a lot this week about the Buffalo game and, you know, good things that happened and, and good signs, you know, positives. I do, however, want to make myself very clear about this. Moral victories are not real. And I'm I'm getting a little annoyed as the week goes along about all the people, especially Packers, you know, bloggers. They're like, talk about moral victories. I was listening to our guy, Bart Winkler. He had Ryan Horvath on his podcast today. They were doing picks, and I thought Horvath had a really funny line. He's like, we're not Rutgers, okay? Quit hanging your hat on, well, we ran the ball well in the second half. And we looked good. We, we you know, we played a respectable game against the, the Bills. We're not Rucker football here, right? We're not, we're not Northwestern basketball. We don't get moral victories. We're the Packers. They've lost three in a row coming into Buffalo. You don't get moral victories. So I, I do want to poo-poo the moral victory talk a little bit. Also, their offense scored 17 points. So I just, the, the question that was posed there to Aaron Jones is, oh, you know, how did the offense improve? Well, he scored 17 points against the Bills, I guess, but let's, poo-poo the moral victory talk a little bit. Lastly, Aaron Rodgers apparently has a nickname for Samari Toure, Captain Casual. Aaron Jones has asked about that. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, that's my guy, Samari. Uh, yeah, he's always in my ear. We're always talking. Uh, he's trying to get better. He wants to get better, and uh, he's a playmaker, so uh, I think he's going to do a lot to help this team. I don't think anyone in the locker room gives a dang about any of Rodgers' stupid nicknames. I think... We were talking about this with Mike Clements yesterday. He's like, yeah, I don't know how that Captain Casual nickname is going to go over. I'm like, ah, I think these guys, they're just used to Rogers. He's got a nickname for everybody. It's just a thing. I don't know that it's a big deal. I hope Toure plays more this weekend. I'm all about it. I, I said at the end of the Commanders game, he looks spry. He looks athletic. He looks talented. And that's what Rogers said, right? He's like, you're, t- you're too talented uh, to not be out there. And active every week. Did I save that cut? Oh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers talking about Toure. This is on the McAfee Show. You know, I had a conversation with him weeks ago about kind of a, uh, projecting how the season would go. And I just said to him, I think you're too talented to be a healthy scratch every week. And I think it, I think it's possible for you and even probable that you need to be suiting up 
and and making plays by midseason. And <clears throat> I don't think that was like you know maybe some uh, you know spark plug for him to get going and, and start practicing better. But he has been practicing really well, and I have been proud of the effort he's been showing during the week. And then he goes out in the field and, and makes a really nice adjustment play. The talent is there and the feel is there on that play. The way that he read Aaron Rodgers, went back to the open side of the field, made himself available. That's a big part of just playing NFL football as a wide receiver. You got to make yourself available. And if Rodgers is moving or the play adjusts, you got to make yourself available. Jure showed that he can do that. And when Rodgers is being pressured and other wide receivers are struggling to get open, if you can make yourself available, you're going to play more snaps. And that seems to hopefully be the way that Toure is trending. I was about to take a break, but then I saw the phones light up and we got to talk to our guy, David Monona, 608-796-2558. What's up, Dave? Happy Friday. Hey, shirt pants. What's up? Oh, not much. You know, I just had to bring in some sunshine limousine and lollipops to your WKTY listeners. You know, they're driving home today going, you know, I need some positivity. So, you know, we got to hear that D from Madison. Yeah, I agree. You I know, agree. by the way, I, you're, people, you're picking on short pants here and his snack choices. For <laughs> once, the guy does something what a man truly does. Everybody gives you crap. Ooh. A man does, man do not eat cookies and Oreos. Those are Cinderella's. Now, Grant, he has <laughs> chips and salsa. Man stuff. He's got pretzels. Man stuff. Peanuts. Man stuff. Not a bunch of Oreos. Ho-hos and, and Twinkies. You know, Ho-hos yeah. and a bunch of fondue. Zebra cakes. I my guys, you know, sit home and, you know, comb your hair, brush your teeth, watch uh, the Housewives of L.A. So <laughs> I had to come in at least on your snack choice. I thank you. Thank you I mean, for that. Thank you. Yeah. It's about time you do something, something instead of fondues and um, and uh, slow cookers, my God. Well, Broken Clock is right twice a day, so every once in a while <laughs> I'm correct. I'll be masculine every once in a blue moon. So the one comment I'm being may have for all the KTY listeners, this team needs Chris Watson. they got nine games left. Nothing's going to change. They're going to be the same pathetic offense. They're not going to move the ball. This team needs Watson because he's the only one true playmaker they have. If they can keep that guy in the field and keep from hurting himself, tripping over his shoelaces, or pulling a hamstring, you know, putting his uh, dress on, mm-hmm. If they can get, if they can keep him healthy and to utilize him, and Dobbs, I mean, it, it just frees up the underneath stuff for Big Tunyon and uh, El Lazar. I mean, it's so simple. Without a Watson, everything is congested. So, I mean, to me, if they can just keep that guy healthy, and you know, that, that's that's the big difference. So that's all I got for the WKTY listeners, but. Uh, you know, Grant, you're fun to do something good, man. I mean, just just keep no snacks and stay out the whole hose and the and the on you know, the cookies and um, the Oreos. My God, I'm going to make a pork chop tonight for dinner, Dave. How's that sound? O- only one. I mean, if you're going to have a pork chop and you, and you got to have mashed potatoes and gravy or baked potato with gold, oh, man. Good. No salad. Salad salads are for sissies, but a baked potato or mashed potatoes and. A couple of pork chops on a foreman or a grill. Oh, and then top it off with, you know, 12-pack of Coors Light and kick back and watch, listen to the um, Vikings, the basketball game. Oh, that's That would be a meal for a king, certainly a man. Thank you, Dave. Have a great weekend. I miss you. <laughs> and there he goes. There he goes, as Bill would say. It's our guy, David Minona. Look, Christian Watson is somebody who can take this offense to another level. You know, I keep... Ever since the Buffalo game on Sunday, I said, okay, there's the base, there's the foundation. We need to continue to do that on a week-to-week basis. Run the ball a lot, execute, 
Everyone on the offensive line, get it sealed, get it blocked up, dominate time of possession, dictate the terms of the game, right? That's important. But as the season goes along, this team isn't going anywhere if they can't find some explosive passing plays. Christian Watson coming back is an avenue of improvement. Romeo Dobbs getting better, an avenue of improvement. Lazard, Watkins, Cobb, you know, because they're all hurt too. Them coming back, also an avenue for improvement. So, yes, the offense saw the base, saw the foundation on Sunday night. Now we need to remain that foundation. We need to keep it and build on top of it. Let's take a break. We'll be back three minutes. We're woefully late for a break. Woefully, woefully, as, again, Bill Michaels would say. We'll come back. We'll talk more about this next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You know, I had a conversation with him weeks ago about kind of a, uh, projecting how the season would go. And I just said to him, I think you're too talented to be a healthy scratch every week. And I think it, I think it's possible for you and even probable that you need to be suiting up and, and making plays by midseason. And <clears throat> I don't think that was like, you know, maybe some, uh, you know, spark plug for him to get going and, and start practicing better. But he has been practicing really well. And I have been proud of the effort he's been showing during the week. And then he goes out in the field and, and makes a really nice adjustment play. That's Aaron Rodgers. That's from the McAfee Show on Tuesday. Sirius XM Radio. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it wherever. Aaron Rodgers' hits on that show become boring, which is probably a good thing. Because last year they were anything but. And that was, uh, that was quite a couple of fun interviews he had with Pat McAfee and A.J. Hawk. But yeah, just talking about Samari Toure, as Mike Clemens told us yesterday, nicknamed Captain Casual. Man. Kind of a sick nickname, though. You could shorten it to Cap. You know, just spitballing. I like Samari Toure. Give him run. Give him Ari Rogers run, too. Especially if Cobb's going to be hurt. Like, they drafted Amari Rogers because they thought he could be Randall Cobb, but a little thicker, stronger, more athletic. And then they brought Randall Cobb back. And Amari Rogers doesn't really seem to have the respect of Aaron Rodgers, or earlier this year he didn't. But to be fair to Amari Rodgers, they forced him to return punts and basically said, okay, until you get good at returning punts, we're not going to give you snaps on offense. But maybe he'd be better on offense than he would be returning punts. I don't know. It just seems like they're kind of forcing him to do that, and he might not be that good at it. It's like, Well, on offense, other than the drop he had against Washington, I know that was a big drop. Like, other than that, how was the play Mrs. Lincoln or whatever the expression is? I, I get it. It's hard to describe his game against the commanders without mentioning that touchdown drop. But he also made a couple really nice plays, and he just looks like a guy that could be a guy if he gets some chances to be the guy. Again, this Packers offense is a lot of hypotheticals. Like, do you understand how I'm talking about the Packers offense today? It's like, well, if they run the ball like they did last week, and then they build onto that, and Christian Watson gets healthy, and Romeo Dobbs takes steps in the right direction, and Aaron Rodgers gets more dialed in. It's a lot of if-thens. If this happens, then that. If this, then this. Yes, but there's a reason the team is three and five. You know, like we're talking about hypotheticals. We're talking about room for improvement. If we weren't, this team obviously wouldn't be two games under 500. 608-796-2558. If you'd like to call or text the show, we're going to take another break here in a few minutes. Running a little bit behind because, you know, Dave had to call and uh, compliment my snack selection. Mike from Chippewa Falls says, Dave from Monona talks about manly foods, and then he says he drinks Coors Light. What's the What's the gauge of manliness for light beers? You know what I mean? I'm thinking... 
Like, I drink Miller Lite if I got to get a light beer. I feel like that's just very neutral. Bud Light is, I don't know. Bud Light gives me a, I, I just picture certain people drinking Bud Light. Like, Bud Light is a younger person, hip, cool, with it, college guy, drink Bud Light. I sound like such an old man right now. Miller Lite is your more classic, traditional, less edgy. Not there to make a statement, just there to be tasty and to give you that delicious taste without all the calories. I don't know. Bush light is just, we're drinking outside. <laughs> I don't, I don't know which light beer is manly. I don't think of Coors light is not manly. Also, I don't know that we need to have a referendum on the masculinity of everything that has ever done or said on the show. It's kind of Dave's thing. I guess we can just leave that lane fully to him. You know, something I noticed earlier today about the Packers wide receiving core, and I wanted to point it out tonight, and this will be a perfect two or three minute thing before we take a break. I hear a lot of people talking about the Packers, and their wide receiver and saying, well, they're young. You know, they need time, right? The Packers gave uh, Aaron Rodgers a bunch of kids to play wide receiver. And in some vein, that's true. Watson is a rookie. Dobbs is a rookie. But Randall Cobb's also a veteran. Alan Lazard is very much a veteran. Sammy Watkins is very much a veteran. So I think when people speak in broad strokes about the Packers wide receiving core, they say, well, it's a bunch of kids. They're learning. Yes and no. Yes. Yes. And no, <laughs> there are, there are two kids. The rest of them all have at least a little bit of NFL experience. Mari Rogers is in year three. Is this year three for him? Is year three? Keep getting it confused. He's played a little bit, but he's obviously not the veteran. Well, then Watkins and Cobb and Lazard. I've been really disappointed with Lazard. He's missed time, and when he has been out there, he's dropped passes. Randall Cobb is hurt. I don't know that we can really blame him for that. He's old. And Watkins, well, he pulled his hammy. But when he's been out there, he's running the wrong route. He's not making plays, and it just doesn't look good. So I think the Packers wide receiving core is um, not rejected, but I I think people kind of pass over it and don't take it seriously because it's all kids. So, you know, what could we expect? You know, I, I don't know why we'd expect anything else. Well, I expect a little better from Lazard and Watkins and Cobb, at least when they're out there, when they're not injured. I think the wide receiving core around Dobbs and Watson has been really underwhelming. Really everyone around Dobbs. This is why I have so much respect for Dobbs right now. He's playing 89, 90% of the snaps every week and he's been available. And yeah, he's made mistakes, but at least he's out there making those mistakes. You know, that's what we would have said about Ben Simmons the last two years. It's like, well, yeah, you're out there missing shots, but you're taking shots. You're out there maybe making offensive mistakes, but you are trying on offense. No, you're just sitting on the sideline. You know, say what you want about the mistakes that Romeo Dobbs makes, but at least he's out there making mistakes. He's out there learning. He's out there growing. Ooh, Surveyor Sam. This is a good text to go to break to. He said, if you want a light beer, you need to get your hands on some Man Cave Light, Dan Casper's own beer made by Sand Creek. Hold on. Hold on. Is there a brewery in Sand Creek in the town of Sand Creek or referred to by locals as Sand Creek? Is there a brewery there now? I never thought I'd live to see the day. Or is it just called Sand Creek Brewery and it's like in Altoona or something? Is there a, there's a brewery in Sand Creek, Wisconsin. My God, what a time to be alive. I'm going to have to Google that over the break. I almost don't believe it. Now you got, is Gilbert still there? The car dealership? That's obviously the, the, the beacon and the, the namesake of Sand Crick. There's a brewery there. Man, there's a brewery. Every town gets a brewery these days. What a time to be alive for beer drinkers. Thank you, Surveyor Sam, for this scoop. I'm going to learn more. Look up his beer. And also, if there's truly a brewery in Sand Crick, I, I might need to get up there. 
It's up by our old deer hunting land. I haven't deer hunted in a couple of years, but maybe make a drive up that way. Look at trucks in the Sand Creek in, in the Gilbert's parking lot. You ever do that with your dad or with a friend? Just drive around drive around to a dealership after after like closing time. Yeah, let's go look at cars. You ever do that? And drive up the Sand Creek, look at some trucks, and check out the brewery. I'm going to look that up. Send me a text. We'll call Talk More Packers after this break. 608-796-2558. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, a couple things to very quickly address. I'm disappointed, but also kind of happy. Uh, Sand Creek Brewing Company is not in Sand Creek in northern Wisconsin up by Bloomer. It's in Black River Falls. And I'm also pleased to know that Gilbert's of Sand Creek, which is just a titan of car dealing in that neck of the woods, is still there. It's been a while since I've been up to Sand Creek. It's a bummer that they don't have a brewery in Sand Creek, but it's also kind of nice because I'll go out and say it. There's too many breweries. There's too many podcasts. There's too many micro beer. There's just too much. I don't need a brewery on the corner of every small town in the state. We don't need, we don't need that. It's good for saying Crick for holding the line. It's still sacred. Uh, over this last break, so you know I'm a big NBA fan, and I just I like consuming NBA content. I like watching the games. Um, I've been trying to watch and listen to as many people as possible talk about this Kyrie Irving thing. And I even brought it up on the show. I mean, I could have, we could have spent 20 minutes on it yesterday. We could have just done the NBA lounge on Kyrie Irving, but I don't really have anything to say about it. And I, I found it very interesting watching other shows um, talk about this thing. I was over this last break. I'm kind of a couple minutes at a time watching Nick Wright's rant from his show today. First things first with Broussard and Wilds, who I, again, love Wilds, love Nick Wright. Broussard's fine. <laughs> I'm not anti-Broussard, but. I'm more there for Nick Wright and Kevin Wilds does a great job too. And it's just, I'm, I'm so interested watching other people talk about this Kyrie thing. I don't want to talk about it. It does feel a little bizarre and I'm, I'm not one not to get political at all here. I'm not, I'm not one who's like always yelling about cancel culture. Like I don't think cancel culture is as big of a thing as some people make it. Um, I, I also, and I'm not at all supporting Kyrie Irving. It is a little bizarre when people go on talk shows and talk about how somebody should curate a, an apology. It's just so bizarre where it's like three people on a sports show and they're like, all right, here's what Kyrie Irving needs to do. Okay, well, if you're if you're scripting something for someone to say, it's, it's not even from that. It's like, well, here's what he needs to do. He needs to say this, that, the other thing. It's like, but... It's just so bizarre. Do you, get, do you get what I'm trying to say? Again, not at all defending Kyrie and what's been going on. Kyrie's been weird for a long time. I think I think some individuals just need to be difficult about things, and I think that this is just next for Kyrie. Um, again, not defending at all what Kyrie did. Um, and again, I, I'm not saying that cancel, cancel culture is non-existent. I think sometimes we, we go a little nuts going after people. Um what Kyrie is doing and some things that he said is, has been pretty bad. And that's why he's suspended. But it is weird to watch other shows where they're like, he needs to apologize, needs to say this, that, and the other thing. It's like, well, if he doesn't mean it, 
And he's not going to mean what he says when he apologizes. Why are we writing the script for him? It's very bizarre. It's such an interesting media event. And I don't really want to talk about it anymore on this show, but I, I'm just fascinated by how other shows are covering it. And also, it's Friday, so we kind of just get a little weird on Friday shows. We were just talking about Sand Crick and Gilbert's a car dealership. I pray to God there's someone who's up there that's listening right now, even if it's just one person. Shout out to Sand Crick. That's Highway 40, right, by Bloomer. I think I have my roads correct. 608-796-2558. Back to the Packers we go. You can tweet me at Wisco Grant as well. I feel good about Sunday because I feel good about Aaron Rodgers, at least relative to Jared Goff. I feel like last week, Aaron Rodgers was playing against Josh Allen. And Aaron Rodgers played really well. An interesting stat that I picked off of uh, um, Pro Football Focus, Sam Monson, that's the name. I was like, he's been on the show. He's the, he's the Irish guy. Yeah. Sam Monson was tweeting about this today, and I think he went on was it NFL Network or was it ESPN, one of, one of the afternoon shows, the football shows. Maybe it was NFL Live with Mina Kimes. And he was talking about how Aaron Rodgers this season through eight games is the number one PFF-graded quarterback in the red zone and the number one graded quarterback when throwing into tight windows, which is two metrics that are all Aaron Rodgers. Like, hey, buddy, you have control over this. How do you perform? Oh, you're the best. When the, when the field is shrunk and you need to make good decisions... He's the number one graded quarterback in the red zone. He's the number one graded quarterback throwing into tight windows, which is important considering he's throwing into a lot of tight windows right now. These wide receivers are not getting wide open. They're not getting open fast. He's not getting a ton of help. Now, he might not need a ton of help against Detroit, which is why I feel good. If they take the same recipe, by and large, that they used against Buffalo and apply it against Detroit and execute and add in some nice wrinkles in the passing game, I don't know if Watson is going to be back. Let me see. Rob Demosky tweeted out final injury designations today. Part of me wishes that Matt LaFleur would say, hey, if you can't practice Friday, you're not playing. I understand with Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins, those situations are a little bit different. So here it is. Out, Devondre Campbell and Shamar John Charles. Questionable, Bakhtiari, Jenkins. This is just, this is hell. (laughs) It's every week. And I'm not blaming Bakhtiari, but you know how difficult this is? Do you know how difficult it is to build an offense when week to week you're not going to know your offensive line alignment until 90 minutes before kickoff? It's just tough. It's really tough. Uh, Alan Lazard is also questionable, as is Christian Watson and Preston Smith. If Christian Watson can come back and just run six plays over the course of a game, you know, just work him in slowly. He doesn't have to be every snap. Right? That is a ceiling raiser for this offense. Right? The foundation, the foundation is the running game. Control the clock, utilize Aaron Jones, stay ahead of the sticks, dominate time of possession, keep your defense rested, don't ask too much of them. That's the foundation. Now, that foundation alone is not going to make an elite offense or even a good offense. It will make a passable offense that when led by Aaron Rodgers and executed properly will beat the bad teams. And over the last month, they haven't been able to beat the bad teams. So we got to start with the foundation. Don't get me wrong. We got to beat the bad teams. But if we talk about beating the Vikings or hanging tough or winning any of those games against Miami or that game against the Eagles or some of the other heavier weight teams in the NFC, the ceiling needs to be raised. It can't just be the foundation. we got to raise the ceiling. There's a couple ways to raise the ceiling, right? Aaron Rodgers raises his level of play to MVP. Well, that's going to raise the ceiling. Christian Watson healthy and adding to the offense. That's going to raise the ceiling. That speed, that's something that isn't, it doesn't exist anywhere else on the offense. He's got physical traits and attributes that nobody else has. Romeo Dobbs getting better. That's a ceiling raiser. Alan Lazard getting healthier and playing like his head isn't halfway up his butt. That's a ceiling raiser, right? So this is going to be the rest of the season for the Packers offense. Let me try to succinctly sum this up. 
The foundation is the Buffalo game. The foundation has to stay firm. We got it. We got to hold on to that every week. Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, control the clock, time of possession, stay ahead of the sticks, avoid turnovers. That's got to be there every week. But as the season goes along, want to raise the ceiling little by little by little over the course of every game. Romeo Dobbs takes a little bit of a step. Well, that's going to make the offense a little better. That's going to raise the ceiling. Easier to create big plays. Alan Lazard actually starts playing like the veteran that he is. That's going to raise the ceiling. Christian Watson taking steps, being on the field. That's going to raise the ceiling. And ideally, by the end of the year, the foundation will have been cemented real nice where we have an identity for the offense. But these channels for improvement, right, as wide receivers get healthy and and start playing better. Does that make sense? I feel like I've really got my finger on how I feel about the offense and what it's going to look like and what it needs to be moving forward. 608-796-2558 if you want to call or text. And you can find me on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Let's get an update from Mike Clemens. Come back, listen to a little Jimmy Buffett, as it is a Fins Up Friday. We'll wrap up the Wisco Sports Show for the week. Coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Shoot. This is the Wisco Sports Show, but I forgot to make Mike Clemens update. That's my bad. We've already restarted one segment tonight. I, I've no shame. I'll start back. Let's do this again. First, Mike Clemens, and then we'll wrap up the show. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers face the Lions at Ford Field Sunday, kickoff at noon. Green Bay trying to snap a four-game losing streak. By now, the Packers had hoped to rely more on Amari Rodgers, their third-round pick from last year, but muffed punt returns and a drop touchdown pass have downgraded his performances. Amari says he's consulted with everyone, including the team's sports psychiatrist. Uh, the right people around me, you know, I have a great family, great family members that's talking the right things to me, uh, psychiatrists that's that's talking to me as well. So it's been a learning process. You know, it's been two years of learning um, and getting ready for, you know, when my time comes, you know, to go out there and do it right. So that, you know, when it is my time, you know, I'm ready to go out there and execute. It's been a turbulent week in Detroit. After losing to Miami, their fifth straight loss in a row, the Lions fired the defensive backs coach and former Badger safety Aubrey Pleasant, Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn on Dan Campbell's decision to move on. Dan made a decision, and I'm going to support that decision. I mean, that's my job. He's the boss. And whatever decision that he make, it's our responsibility to support and continue to move on uh, as a staff. That's what I'll do as a coordinator. And nothing surprises me in this league. Nothing. I've been in this league for a long time. I've seen good players get cut. I've seen good players get traded. Uh, man, nothing surprises me. So it's part of his business, and you continue to move on. Packers inside linebacker Devondre Campbell is dealing with a knee injury. If he can't go, calling the signals on defense Sunday will be rookie linebacker Quay Walker, who got emotional after being ejected last week in the Bills game. How's he doing? Matt Wolfleur. Uh, he's been great. Before I mean, I, I know he felt bad about it, but you got to move on. And that's, that's basically what I told him as well. I, I talked to him on, on Monday and just told him my feelings about those types of situations. He responded well, and you got to chalk it up to a learning experience, and you got to move on. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens. Best Packers coverage. There we go. Watching the Sunday. We almost forgot Mike.
likes update. Not my best day on the ones and twos, as they say, as they call it. Not my best day on the ones and twos, but it is Friday. Distracted. We got Buffett. You know, we took some good calls, talked about the Packers. I'm all in on the Packers winning on Sunday. This is as good as I've felt in a couple of weeks. Now, to be fair, this is probably the worst team that the Packers have played in a couple of weeks. I also think Matt LaFleur is just so uptight about everything that he's not going to let his team relax. I don't think there's going to be any relaxing. I don't think there's going to be any leisure this week because it's Detroit. If a team reflects its head coach, and I think a team does. Matt LaFleur was asked earlier this week, it's like, hey, you got got Detroit. They're one in six. You know, what does that mean to you? Did I save that cut? No, I didn't because it was two seconds long. He basically said it means absolutely nothing. Right now, this Detroit defense in particular presents a golden opportunity for this Packers offense. Now, last week, I thought the Packers offense did a lot of good things, but they're going against Buffalo's defense, which is unbelievable at just about every level. The Detroit defense is not unbelievable. By EPA per play, they're the worst defense in the NFL. And the gap between them and the next closest team at 31 is as large as the gap is 31 to 18. Does that make sense? So the difference between the the worst team, which is Detroit, and the next closest team, that gap is the same size as the second worst team and the 18th worst team. Detroit is bad, and they can't stop anything. Okay, so the Packers need to be able to run the ball. They need to be able to execute in the passing game. They need to be able to execute their stuff. If they can't execute their stuff, I, I don't I don't know what the conversation is. I don't know what we're talking about. You know, this should not have to be a niche game plan. This shouldn't have to be a hyper specific game plan. They shouldn't have to. Like overly, well, you know, compensate. Because in Buffalo, it was very similar to Arizona a year ago on Thursday night where they were, it was very obvious they had to run the ball. They had to control the time of possession. They like had to do short passing games because they had no wide receivers last year in Arizona. That was a niche game plan. It was a niche game plan in Buffalo. They're running the ball down 17 points. Nothing niche about this Sunday. Nothing niche about the Lions. You should be able to open it up and run all of the things just as you plan, just as you prepare. I guess now the one thing we uh, have to wait and see is whether Elton Jenkins or David Bakhtiari are going to play. Luckily, uh, we can relax for the next two days because the Packers typically don't decide on such things until about an hour before kickoff. So it doesn't seem like a great strategy, but, you know, with the situation at their knees and the situation with the rest of the offensive line, that's unfortunately maybe the best way to go about this. Still not a good way to go about it, but there may not be a better option than waiting until 90 minutes before kickoff to decide if Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari are going to play neither practiced today or yesterday. But then again, that's not out of the ordinary because there's been a lot of days where those guys haven't practiced. So I feel good about the offense being able to open it up against Detroit, and I feel good about the Packers' defense getting right against the Lions' offense. I know Amon Ross St. Brown is great. DeAndre Swift is great if he plays. Jamal Williams is excellent and will have a little bit of extra juice because it's a revenge game. Jared Goff will put the ball up. If you pressure Jared Goff, like you pressured Josh Allen last week, which is, a, I think, 40% of the snaps. If you pressure Jared Goff like that, he's going to throw it up for you. He's going to make mistakes. And Jair Alexander, how many balls are going to hit him in the hands this season before he eventually gets his hand on one? I know he had a pick last week, but you know what I'm talking about. Rasul Douglas, Eric Stokes, Savage, when are you going to drive on a ball and make a play? You're going to have opportunities. Because even if Preston Smith doesn't play, Rashawn Gary's got to be able to get to Jared Goff. And when he does, there's going to be opportunities for the defense to make plays. Those plays will lead to hopefully nice moments, nice moments to build some nice momentum and energy, building cohesion on the defense. And things really go south and the Packers lose and the defense looks like crap. Well, Joe Barry's got to go. For all the reasons I just mentioned, 
it should work for both the offense and the defense. And if it doesn't, I think Joe Barry's got to go because you either lose your defensive coordinator or you lose your locker room. Matt LaFleur. Take your pick. You want to lose your whole team or do you want to lose your defensive coordinator? You know, your second of your tenure, neither one has been great. Hasn't been a surprise. Joe Barry's been great. Joe Barry stinks. He's always stunk. He's never been good. Hey, enjoy Bucks Wolves tonight. I really hope the Bucks win. Because if the Wolves not come out, the Wolves haven't been good, and Wolves fans aren't really paying attention right now. But but if they beat the Bucks, then you know they're gonna have smack to talk, records aside, and that's gonna be annoying. So go Bucks tonight. Enjoy Bucks Wolves, Bucks Thunder tomorrow, Packers Lions, Badgers Maryland. We have a lot to talk about, and we'll talk about it all on Monday, starting at four. Have an excellent weekend. Let's uh let's let Jimmy Buffett take us to the weekend. Why don't we? That frozen concussion that helps me.